0: Register today at thisisils.org. Welcome back to the 4 8 Men podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our guest today. His name is Chad Veach. If you don't know who Chad is, he is one of the biggest personalities that I've ever gotten to meet. But he's also a husband, father, pastor of Zoe Church in L.A., He is an author, podcaster, and he's a newfound marathon runner. So, Chad, welcome to the podcast.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, I got to admit, I've run one marathon. I'm one and done. One and done. One and done.
0: Well, when I was listing all the things you did, I almost ran out of room on my page because I was like, there's really nothing that he doesn't
1: do. Well, the only thing that I, that I don't do well is leg day. That's, I know we're <laughs> talking about physical fitness. We'll get there. But I have been accused, one of my friends says, in life there are the calves and the calf knots. And I'm kind of in the calf knot category. Well, here's the thing.
0: But honestly, I, I do train legs a good bit, but I couldn't run a marathon.
1: See, so there's always, there's always the thing that you got to, there's always a give and take. That's right. That's right. I, 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 I just you gotta you gotta rock what your mama gave you. That's and I'm just these are my legs. This is how I was born. I love basketball. I love pickleball. I love to run. I actually love to run. And not everybody was made for leg day. Yeah. That's true. And and also people if, if people see you on social media, they also don't realize
0: that you're like six five. So so <laughs> see, so so sometimes if you're skinny legs it's
1: because it's because you got some height to you, so exactly exactly you know what's so funny is uh, in fact I'll do it this afternoon but my wife and I we really love Orange Theory Fitness we go together four or five times a week she went five days in a row last week I mean we love to go to Orange Theory and whenever they start working our legs I feel I can feel my legs message me hey are we really gonna do this (laughs) Well, something I want to ask you right off the bat. I know that sports are a
0: big part of uh, a big part of your family. And what uh, did you play any sports growing up?
1: Yeah, you know, I grew up in a house where it's like my dad was like, you're going to play everything. When you're older, you can decide what you want to play. But when you're a kid, you know, it was soccer, it was baseball, it was golf, it was tennis, it was, you know, football, everything. And I, I, I'm really I'm grateful. You know, I'm glad that my, our, we grew up in a home where it was like that was, you know, the priority so that later in life I could go, well, actually, out of all the sports, these are the ones I really want to get really, really good at.
0: Yeah. What uh, Do
1: you continue to play them now? Like, what's Because I know you play golf, pickleball. Yeah, so I, I I play I would do golf, pickleball and orange theory. Now, I don't play basketball. I miss it like crazy. I love it's my first love. Like I really fell in love with basketball as, a, as like a high schooler. But I've just seen so many guys my age with Achilles injuries yeah. and ACLs and I just go, "I love my life so much. I love my kids. I love my flow. I don't want to play basketball cuz I don't want to get injured." Yeah. And so I, I just I'm kinda sticking right now. Yeah. If I play basketball, I play pig. There you, <laughs> I love that. Well something that
0: even with basketball that guess overlooked like a twisted ankle is one of the worst pains that you could ever have. And it's 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 not worth it. I mean it's it's just not. Yeah. What did you grow up playing? What were your so, sports? So growing up I did basketball uh, football, baseball. Um, we played tennis like on Thanksgiving break and those kind of things. But, uh, throughout high school, I just, I just did baseball. Um, and yeah, I thought I was going to want to pursue that, but just ended up getting burned out on it. So just went to college just for school. But now we, uh, me and Willie, we are in a, uh, rec league basketball team together. He's the, he's the coach, the coach slash, uh, starting five player. Um, He's pretty. He, he makes all the sub calls and everything. Uh, we do. Um, yeah, we have like a church league softball that we do over the summer. And then we play flag football every now and then. But uh, yeah, growing up, it was really mainly baseball. But now uh, baseball is kind of hard. to. It's kind of the one sport that's hard to play. Um, yeah. You know, post. Well, post giving that what's out. crazy,
1: what's crazy about you saying you burnt out on baseball? That was me. You know, I when I got to high school, actually. You know, because I played Little League and then played All-Stars every summer. And then in middle school, I started playing Babe Ruth. And you're playing baseball five, six months a year. And it was your whole summer, you know, doubleheaders, all that. And by the time I got to high school, I go, my buddies are going to the gym to play basketball. And in Seattle, we play baseball in the spring. You know, it starts, you know, like, let's say March. Well, it rains still through June. Yeah. So I'm out in the cold and I'm like, my buddies are inside playing basketball. I'm gonna go do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well we also me me and Sadie play tennis a lot. We love pickleball. We don't we uh we, we're not as nice as LA or the other LA here in Louisiana, but we don't we don't have the luxury of pickleball courts. We have uh a few sporadic tennis ball courts that that, that we like to play at. But yeah, pickleball pickleball's the uh the up and coming sport that if you haven't played it, it's like ping pong mixed with tennis, but it's 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 kind of you know everyone can kind of really do it tennis is more uh I don't know I feel like if you're if you're if you're really good at tennis you have a better shot of beating somebody who's not as good at tennis but pickleball kind of evens out the the athleticism yes. I
1: feel like well what's crazy is okay so pickleball was invented in Washington where I'm from Uh huh. so we had pickleball in PE so really? we like all a lot of my friends houses they had pickleball courts in their backyard so I've been playing pickleball since you know I was a kid. So the rest of the world is catching up, yeah. but like I've always its such a great game. So you were playing pickleball before it got cool, like in the '90s. I was playing yeah. pickleball in the '90s. So you
0: were playing pickleball. We were playing like wall ball. Uh, yes, just all, all these, all these t- other t- tetherball, tetherball, all these other, all these other sports that uh, that we did not have the luxury to play at. <laughs> Well, something that I love you do, uh, you know, you do these monthly challenges on your Instagram where uh it can be spiritual, it can be physical and you do um, you know, you've done 10,000 steps in a day, you've done workout at least 5 days a week. Where do these um, you know, like what does the motivation to do this come from and I know that you've taken a little bit of a break from doing them, so why have you why have you taken some time off of doing that?
1: Well, you know, my little brother, he's a pastor in Seattle, you know. And um, last year, he was saying, about this time last year, he was saying that he, that he was doing that um, hard, is it called hard 70? I think it's called hard 70. Uh-huh. Yeah, some, yeah I know it, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's so tough. 70 days, you, you have to drink X amount of water, you gotta do two workouts a day, one inside, one outside, both for 45 minutes. You gotta read you know, for a certain amount of time a day. And just the list of it, when he told me he was doing that, I go, what am I doing with my life? So I go, I'm not gonna do that, but i I need to have some variation that's challenging me. Yeah. So I just thought, you know if I'm gonna do stuff, I think that leadership to me is going like, hey, I'm trying to challenge myself to do x, y, and Z. I'm just throwing it out there if you'd like to also join. you yeah. don't have to, but if you want to, yeah, and we just saw a big response people going, wow i i i'm I'm in you know, whether it was reading or walking or exercise or bible reading or prayer whatever it was and so i got into a rhythm and i really liked it for myself yeah it really was challenging me and and it also reminded me of that saying you know insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results yeah so it's like we all want to grow but we got to shock our body yeah we got to shock the system. Yeah. So, um I loved it and and we did it for I think yeah, 10 or 11 months. I just I've taken a break just so I can kind of get fresh ideas.
0: Yeah. Are you somebody that like you like to set periodic goals for yourself to stay motivated? Is that kind of something that totally. you're passionate
1: about? Totally. I you know, I just think I I really believe in strong starts and strong endings. Yeah. So let's do this for 30 days or let's do this for 21 days. Let's take a, a chunk of time and let's focus on this muscle, focus on this area, focus on this team and let's try and get better. So I uh, my mind would work that way. And I, I really enjoy doing these these challenges. Yeah, I think
0: I think there's even something about, you know, being a man and like having, you know, I don't know, I feel like it's engraved in like our framework, the idea of like, a challenge I don't know because even like with the podcast you know we do physical and we do spiritual challenges every week and it's like something that to, to stay disciplined I feel like as a as a guy having discipline in your life I feel like it's something that you can kind of always come back to um, so, so I thought it was so cool that that we do similar things with the challenges like that because I feel like even yeah like I said as a guy you know challenging yourself to do a certain thing it just I don't know i feel like it's just
1: the way that we were wired Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you know, what does it say in Exodus? In Exodus, it says, the Lord is a warrior. A warrior is his name. So in Genesis, it says we've been created in the image of God. So I've been created to be a warrior. Yeah, that's so true. God made me to conquer. That's so true. So I've got to have mountains. I've got to have challenges. I've got to have stuff that feels daunting or impossible. And, you know, it's like all guys, we want to, what's the old, the old, the old cultural worldly saying is that guys want to win in the boardroom and the bedroom. Okay. I get what you're saying, but what God made us to do is conquer. Yeah. Guys, we're wired to ascend the mountain.
0: Yeah. Was when you... Like when you first had the thought for the marathon, is that kind of the heartbeat of where that came from, having something that you could conquer and, and prove that to yourself?
1: Exactly, exactly. So what's so funny is you know it, our friend Houston, he also ran the, the marathon. So my whole goal when I ran the marathon was I wanted to be under four hours. That was my goals, going like, if I'm gonna be under four hours, I'll feel pretty good about it. So I start running and I talked to a buddy, he said, number one piece of advice I'll give you during the marathon, don't stop. Like if you don't stop talk to people, just if you can, just focus and just keep going. So I get out the blocks and I'm, you know, on the Nike app that I got going in my headphones. Every mile I finish, the ladies updated me on my speed, and I'm in the sevens. Yeah. You know, mile three completed, average pace, seven fifty. Next one, seven fifty. Next one, seven fifty-three. So I'm in the sevens for the first 20 miles. And I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm going to really be, have a good time. I hit mile 20 and my body started to really slow down, (laughs) but cause my body basically said, Hey, you only trained us to get this far. We don't, we don't know what it feels like past this. Yeah. So anyways, I finished with, and my average pace was eight minutes and 30 seconds. I finished in three hours and 40 minutes. To me, it was about getting my mindset in a place to do something I've never done and to break barriers mentally of going like let's challenge yourself to do something hard. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you 3:40 you crush you, 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 you crush your, uh, your goal time. I did uh, yeah, I, and I, I felt good about the time. Now, I didn't post about it and tell everybody what I did because we have another friend that ran it in two hours and 52 minutes. Oh my gosh. And I go I can't post my score next to yours, my God. Well you, you need to because that's impressive. I mean did you did, did you enjoy the training that went into that or, or was that like oh yeah, I loved it. I love the whole pro again it's I, I, I think it's like something about telling yourself I can do hard things. yeah. Half the battle of doing hard things is showing up to do hard stuff. yeah. And then once you're there, it's like, let's go. you yeah. got this self-talk yeah were you were were you in silence for three
0: hours and 40 minutes or were you listening to something or did you just have the lady telling you every mile or
1: what was your strategy there so this is so funny so you know when i run i usually listen to podcasts you know i like to learn and you know get some insight while i'm running well the the race was on a sunday morning so it starts at dodger stadium and you get there like at six in the morning. The sun, the sun hasn't even come up yet. Yeah. So I'm there. It's Sunday morning. The sun's not up yet. Well, what do I do every Sunday morning? I listen to worship music. It's the day of the Lord, and the sun is not, I'm feeding my spirit. So I've I never run to worship. But I'm like, I'm just gonna start with worship. I ended up running to worship. I mean, I'm telling you, there were moments I was weeping worshiping God on my run. Yeah. Like just thinking about the goodness of God. So, I no, I wasn't in silence. I had Brooke Frazier in my ear. I had, uh, you know, Elevation Worship, Hillsong. I had Maverick City. I was worshiping the whole time. That's beautiful. Did you, did you and Rich run, was it, was it the same
0: day that y'all ran the marathon or was it different dates?
1: No, Rich ran a half marathon. Oh, he ran. A, he ran oh, yeah, that was two, he,
0: Yeah, half marathon. That's, to I, clarify.
1: As a that's hater, my bad. it was a half marathon. A, as a hater, the competitive edge just came out there. My <laughs> well, brother I could, I, Rich ran a half marathon.
0: That was it. That 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 is my bad. Because I, I knew he ran. Because I, I I messaged him about it a few months ago. Um, I completely forgot that it was the half marathon. So you were. <laughs> so you so, so you technically you're twice as good as Rich. <laughs> These are your words, not mine. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast, so he might hear that, he might not. Who knows? <laughs> well, I talked about it earlier, um, you know, when I was kind of introducing you, you are a pastor in LA at uh, Zoe. Um, was being a pastor something that you always wanted to do, or did you have something kind of happen in your, in, in your moment of life where you kind of you kind of felt that desire to want to pursue that?
1: Well, um, so I'm a pastor's kid. So I grew up in church, grew up around it. And I I think from a young age, I could always kind of sense and feel like that was the direction the Lord was going to take my life. And, you know, whenever the prophets would come into town or whenever I was at a summer camp, that was kind of what people would pray over me or, you know, prophesy over me. And I I, I just really didn't want to do it. And if I can be honest, I didn't want to do it, not because I didn't love God or love ministry. I just saw the sacrifice that my parents made and how much they served and loved people and and the toll. And I just thought, I don't know if I'm built to serve like that. And so I was 16 years old and I went to Promise Keepers in in Seattle, Washington, in the kingdom, 65,000 men. Crazy. And I'll never forget. I was on the 300 level behind the stage. I can still remember where I was standing. And we were singing a hymn. And I just had a moment where I lifted my hands, and I said, "I'm I'm all in. I'll I'll serve you all my life, whatever you want." And I and I never looked back from that day. Yeah. I came back home to my high school, started a, a prayer meeting at, in, in, in the middle of my lunch middle of lunch, we'd I'd eat for 15 minutes, and then me and my friends would go pray in a classroom for 15 minutes, and a revival broke out in my high school. So at 16, I was like, I'm in. Yeah, that's so good. Do you think, because I feel like,
0: you know, there's there's obviously stories where, where things are instantaneous like that, but then there's also, you know, gradual periods over time. But when you look at the New Testament, a lot of things that happen like that are pretty instantaneous. So do you feel like there's you know, when you, when you finally have this revelation of like, this is who you are, this is who you're created to be, that there is this like fire that kind of gets instilled in you to where you want to go, you know, start a Bible study, where you want to go start a prayer meeting. Like, you know, do you think that most of the time there is that moment where there's like, you know, I grew up in church, but here's where it actually became real to me.
1: Well, I think one of the greatest answers to that, you know, when you ask that question, I think immediately of the parable of the sower. Yeah. And Jesus goes, listen, here's the reality. This, the seed goes out. The word goes out to all of us. Some of us catch it and boom, we spring up with joy. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we, when the fire hits you, whoo, there's nothing like being on fire for God. Yeah. But if you don't keep throwing logs on that fire... Yeah. That the end results pretty nasty. Yeah. And so to me it's about how how do you take that fire and keep feeding your love for God? So that's why we need scripture. We need worship music. We need to be in the house of God. We need to be around good community and like-minded brothers and sisters. If I don't throw the log on that fire, it'll go it'll grow cold. And that's what Jesus is saying there is to me what he's saying there at the end, he said, but some, the seed will go out on a good heart and produce a harvest of 30-fold, 60-fold, or some 100-fold. What he's basically saying, if you keep your heart right before God, you're going to continually grow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's 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 so cool that you said that, because that's actually one of my favorite stories to talk about, because before it ever truly fell on good soil for me, I was always the person that would go to these youth camps and these Christian camps, and I would be So on fire, and I'd be so passionate. And then after a few weeks, I would have somebody say, you know, you'll be back to doing that, you know, in no time. And then I'd, you know, but then over time, I would, I would fall back to the same thing I was doing before that. So I really was like, because it says, it says immediately they they receive it with joy, then it says immediately they fall away, you know, after trials and after persecution. So the moment somebody makes fun of you, or the moment you go through through something tough, like yes, you were on fire, yes, you had that passion and, and that zeal, but there was no. There was no root to it. So I love that you talked about that because it is, it, it is like a, you know, it's a discipline, you know, and even after you, you're, I don't know how old you are now, but you're older than you were when you were 16. So over time, there's always going to be logs that you have to keep putting on the fire. I was just
1: going to say, cause the other part of that, the next description he gives, he says, or the cares of this world, yeah, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, he just goes, whatever. Fill in the blank for you. Other things. They come in and choke the word. Yeah. So it, it just I it just requires due diligence to keep your heart right before God. Yeah. And so that's kind of going back to the challenges. And I love that you're doing this podcast and you, you know, speaking into guys' lives because. Man, we need all the help we can get. I don't know about all the guys listening right now, but I need all the help I can get yeah. to make sure my heart doesn't go sideways. Yeah. And for somebody, for somebody that's listening, is,
0: is Parable of the Sower, is it Mark 4? I feel like it, I, yeah, Mark 4, that's what I thought. So for you personally, yeah, that, was kind of, that was what I was about to ask you. What are some of those logs for you?
1: Like how do you, how do you diligently train yourself spiritually? That's a great question. Well, like this morning, I did what I've been doing since 1999. Every morning I get up, I read the same Bible reading plan I've been doing since I was, you know, 19 years old. And uh, I just, I, I, I would miss a, a, a few days a year, maybe a few, because I just know how important that, in fact, this morning, one of my scriptures that I chose was so powerful. And I just sat there and looked at it and went, there it is. And I was reading this morning how um, God says, they asked for things, they lusted for things that they thought they wanted. So God gave them over to those things. It reminds me of Romans 1. Romans 1, yeah. And so I, so I just thought when I saw that, be careful what you asked for. And then it said, when God gave them over to these lusts, the the result was leanness in their soul. And I thought, oh, God help me to have a big soul. You know, like a big soul to me is someone that carries empathy and generosity and love and life and hope. And but you you start getting into lust and sin, and your soul gets lean. So yeah. to answer your question, I try and do my d- daily Bible reading. I try and start my day off with prayer. And, and, and I, I mentioned worship music is a big just habit. And yeah. the reason why, because I need to start my day reminding myself, this is who you really are. You're a yeah. servant. This is not about you today. God open me up to whatever you want to speak. Give me divine appointments. So if I don't start my day off that way, I find I'm just not as sharp. I'm not as intentional. And so those are big disciplines, yeah. you know, that I, I I try to create my life as a young man and just stay with them. Yeah. As a pastor, do you feel like, do you ever wrestle with the idea of
0: reading for personal intimacy and then also like prepping for messages? Cause I feel like that's something me and Sadie talk about a lot. Sometimes it's like, you can get so consumed with when you read the Bible, you know, looking for things that you can speak on Counterintuitive to like just reading, just to cultivate that intimacy?
1: I, I think because, thank God, because I learned this Bible reading practice in 1999 before I was a preacher, those two worlds have never collided. That's awesome. They're just completely separate. So this reading has always just been for me. Yeah. Studying for messages is in a whole different bucket. That's awesome. And so they're never in competition. That's awesome. I love that. That's, that's, that's actually so good.
0: Like, because that's so true. Like you have to, you know, differentiate the times where you're spending for yourself versus the times that you're spending, you know, to pour out.
1: Well, cause I think, I think, you know, my Bible's right here. Let me just grab it real fast. You know, I think this is a very dangerous, you know, for the, for the people listening to audio, I'm holding my Bible in my hand right now if I go through this thing right here and all I'm looking to do is give away, I'll I'll become a shell of a man. But if I read this thing and I'm looking to go here, I'll become who I'm supposed to be. And it's the old adage, who we're becoming is more important than what we're doing. And I just think if you only read the Bible for messages, you can give a message, but you're not gonna live a life. Yeah. That's so good.
0: So, what are ways? I'm just I'm I'm just curious to know. You know, what are ways that you intentionally get poured into? Whether it's through, like you said, podcasts or through through friends or through mentors. Like, what are what are practices that you put into place where you? Because, like you said, you you speak a lot. You, you pastor a church. You're you're constantly pouring out. What are ways that you get poured into?
1: That's a great question. I one, The first immediate thought that came to mind was, I try and go, pastors are, are really funny creatures. They're hilarious to me. I'm one of them and I've grown up around them my whole life. But the reality is, is that all of us, no matter what field or industry you work in, we're all just, we're swimming in small ponds. And going on airplanes to go get around big leaders, has been one things that saved my life of getting around a Craig Rochelle, getting around a Chris Hodges, getting around a Louis Giglio, getting around giants, getting around people that really are, are, are I just marvel at their abilities but who they are is greater. And so I think you got to make it a habit. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're all, then you got to get into a different room. Mm-hmm. you got to get into spaces where you're not a big deal you got to get around people where it's like they don't know who you are yeah so i think it's a habit that's helped me is go is it gives me perspective of going like i'm not a big deal yeah i've been around a big deal that guy's a big deal yeah and i think that helps us get perspective insecurity you know we have so many guys that deal with imposter syndrome I think it's like 70% of adults in America deal with imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome means I'm not living the way that I profess to live and I know it and through my guilty conscience, I don't wanna be around big people. Yeah. But when you're secure and confident and you don't struggle with insecurity or jealousy, you wanna get around big leaders because you wanna learn. And so I think that's a major discipline. Go get around people that just listening to them talk, go to the conference, go to the seminar, go to the retreat, go to whatever you got to go, you know, to Passion or, or Kill Song Conference, you know, these types of things, getting in those rooms shape me.
0: How do you think we get past the idea of like, because I feel like a lot of times those insecurities that we have, they're masked, they're like masked by pride. So do you think that's something like like that we grow up with or that's something that's instilled in us? Or how do you think we get past that hurdle of like having the humility to not be the smartest person in the room, whether it's because we actually are insecure of of smarter people or whether it's out of pride because we don't want to not be the smartest person in the room?
1: Well, yeah, I I think I think you you already nailed it. Pride. Pride is the thing that keeps us from growing and the, the double-edged sword of it. Because there's one side that's like, I know it all. And there's another side that says, I'm too insecure to ask a question or get into a bigger room. Yeah. So we all need to become comfortable in our own skin. We have to become yeah. just like, okay with, this is the way God made me, this is my Enneagram, these are my gifts, these are my talents. And because I know who I am, I can celebrate others. And because I know who I am, I can ask questions and I can yeah. try and learn, but if you don't get comfortable in your own skin, I don't think that a lot of people get to that next layer of fun, which is learning. Yeah,
0: that's so true. Well, um, I'm, I'm laughing because you're this is you're you're so you're just so spot on with everything you're saying. This is just, I'm really
1: enjoying this conversation. This is awesome. Oh, yeah, I love talking to you. This is fun. This is to me. This is like, and this is the audience. To me, it's like. Yeah, we want to become. To me, what is my true desire? To become the best version of myself. Yeah. You know, one of one of my favorite lines right now is, "All of us have been shaped by trauma, drama, daddy, and mama." That's good. So, we got to work through some stuff. Yeah. We've got trauma. We've got drama. You got dad stuff. You got mama stuff. Okay. What are you going to do about it? Let's get therapy or healing or Bible reading. Let's get, uh, listen, a cocktail of decisions will get you into a mess, but a cocktail of great decisions will get you into health and strength. It's never one choice. Yeah, It's a combination of decisions that allows for explosive growth in your life. Yeah.
0: In your life personally, how do you feel like physical like being healthy physically and being healthy spiritually have complemented each other simultaneously they're never
1: they're never disconnected yeah they're just one of the best books i ever read was a a book called emotionally healthy spirituality peter schizero you gotta read this book and he talks about how the cognitive and the spiritual are always connected together and if they're not What we what we have are spiritual giants, but emotional toddlers. Mm -hmm. And so the physical comes into play because how great is my spirituality if I don't have testosterone, if I don't have serotonin, if I don't if my adrenal glands are 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 just totally shot. So physical fitness allows me to fire and be at my best. And that's when my spirituality (laughs) is at its healthiest.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: So they're never disconnected. That's why the Bible literally teaches us beloved. I pray your soul may prosper in all things. Well, what are the, all things that God wants us to prosper in physically, spiritually, emotionally, and even financially. God never goes, I just want you to flourish spiritually. Yeah. He wants us to flourish in all areas.
0: Yeah. That's so true. That's so good. Well, something I want to ask you, you know, because you do pastor in L.A., which, you know, the culture there is, is different than, than a lot of most places. So you're, you know, you are around celebrities a bunch and you're, you're around that culture. What do you feel like is something that the church can, um, you know, can kind of have this idea tor- towards celebrities being in church and that idea? And how do you feel like it's different to disciple somebody who's, you know, in, who is a celebrity versus somebody who is not a celebrity? Well, I
1: always think about Jesus, you know. I mean, didn't they get, they just got so mad at him. Yeah. How could he sit with these sinners? And a lot of translations call them notorious sinners. So I always take that word notorious as famous sinners. Mm -hmm. See, there's one thing about, you, you know, some guy, you know, That's in our church. He's a school teacher. Not everybody knows about his sin. But the thing about a celebrity is you mess up. Everybody knows about your sin. Yeah. So I always think, you know, Zacchaeus is a great example for me. He's up in that tree. Jesus is walking by. Boom. God knows his name. Says, get down from there. I'm going to your house today. Now, listen, the crowd was ticked off. Yeah. Cause they knew Zacchaeus was a thug. He was a jerk. And so it always reminds me, Jesus loves people that not everybody else does. Yeah. And I can never let people determine who God wants to work in. And so I i I just am marvel at the fact that there are notorious sinners that want a shot at the gospel. There are people around the world that their interest, like Zacchaeus, is peaked at who is this Jesus guy, mm-hmm. and so I have a commitment, like like you and every, you know great leaders, to go. If someone is interested in the gospel, who am I to not let them see who Jesus is? Yeah. Not even Jesus prevented them yeah. from seeing Jesus. Yeah.
0: Do you think Do you think we've gotten better at all at welcoming that, or do you feel like? we've we've digressed or maybe we're at a standstill or like do you think we've had any because i feel like social media you know it can go all these different ways but where where would you where would you think that we're at with with welcoming that
1: well i think um that's a great question i want to say in some ways we've gotten better and i think in another way um sadly i i i I can't say that we've grown and i think that there's just a, a There's an interesting threat there for people to go. Yeah, I I think where I would struggle in this category, if I'm being honest, is one of my favorite stories about Jesus is when he he, he talks about the two guys that are at a prayer meeting. He says one of the guys can't even lift his head. He's like, I'm the worst. And the other guy's just looking around going like, thank God I'm not like you. Mm-hmm. And, th- and I think the thing that could really take out the church is self-righteousness. Yeah. And the thinking that who I am is better than them. Yeah. And my sin is not as bad as their sin. Yeah. As if. Yeah. As if. You know who I want to be? I want to be the guy that can barely lift his head and go on. I, 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 I don't have the answers. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm grateful for God's grace. And I'm gonna make everything in my life about Jesus. Yeah. And I'm not gonna get my eyes on people's sin. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a judger of man. That's. I'll leave. I'll leave that up to the good Lord. Yeah. But um. So I think for the church to continue on in growth, we need to get our eyes off of people and our eyes on God.
0: That's awesome. Because even I mean, I'm pretty sure it was the centurion. Was it? It was the centurion, right? Who said, "I believe it helped my unbelief." So there's yeah. this. There's this theme through through, through scripture of like. The, you know, it says a, a humble and contrite heart I will never despise. And if you look at the scriptures, I mean, it was the Pharisees who Jesus had all the problem with. So it was the self-righteous. It was never the, you know, I mean, obviously, he you know, he said, he, I came to call the sinners to repentance. So, like, there is this transformative, you know, act that he wants to have in people. But it was the self-righteous and the Pharisees who who he couldn't stand.
1: Yeah, totally. and I, And I think, you know, to go back to Romans 1. Why is, why, and you're asking about celebrities, why is it a hard time for people in the church to see celebrities serve God, worship God, learn about God is because I think Romans 1 talks about it. We, we worship humans. Our culture worships people. You've experienced yeah. it firsthand. You've seen it. Yeah. You've you, You've seen people think that these people are more important than other people. Well, we know that, that God's not a respecter of man. Yeah. God, God is not a respecter of man. So we have to see every person the same through the lens of the cross. Every Listen, there are no bad people or good people. G- Jesus was not sent from the Father to make bad people turn into good people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus was sent by the Father to... To take dead people and make them alive. Yeah. And when we can see people either dead or alive, it's really easy to go, I'm on mission to help people that are dead become alive to God. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think that
0: like by this because because I I love this idea because there is like, you know, Second Corinthians talks about, you know, you're a new creation. You know, Galatians five talks about acts of the sinful nature, fruits of the spirit. So like what do you think is that like that main key formative part of like we were dead now we're alive. Like because well, I the, feel that, like because I feel like you know there there is this like process of sanctification over time, you know. Like I said some people it's more instantaneous, some people it's more gradual, but there, there is this moment of like I'm burying this old person and now I'm going to you know it's, it talks about in Galatians 5 again about uh, you know, we live a new life. So there is this old me, and now there's this new me, and that should change about that. That that, that should change everything about
1: the way that I live. Right, right. And I think that. Th- there you go. You just nailed it. That's the word. The word is sanctification. And I think a lot of times what happens is that we're judging people on the sanctification process that they should be on. Well, let me yeah. ask you and I: Are we sanctified to the level and degree that we want to be? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm I'm trying to grow as fast as I can. Yeah. But I'm a work under progress. Yeah. And God works with us to the degree of our surrender. So yeah. we are all trying to get ourselves and everyone that we love to a place to surrender to God's will for our life. So yeah. I, 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 you know, I just love Paul. Paul, Paul's talking to Galatians. You know, you, you you mentioned Galatians. He's talking to the church in, in Galatia, and he's like, guys, I, I got to come back and I got to see you guys again, because I I, I I I'm hearing that you guys have totally bought into a lie, and it's, it's and so I'm gonna come back and work until Christ is formed in you.
0: Mhm. <laughs> That's so good. Cause sanctification. And I'm like. That's it. Yeah. Well, because sanctification is so interesting because it's like the more over a period of time that you, you know, you you get sanctified, the more sinful that you realize that you actually are. So, like, it's one of those crazy things where, like, even as you get better, you realize how
1: far you actually are. You get to the place like Paul. Yeah. Who says things like, the things I do not want to do, that's what I'm up to yeah and the things i want to do i never do them yeah so how's that working out for you christian yeah and and to, to going back to the point of the original question about celebrity i think we're frustrated with others but really we're frustrated with ourselves.
0: 100
1: and so we take the anger and the animosity of our own personal life and we judge others and that, to me, is a sad reality, Whether we where we should be encouraged and excited that so-and-so or whoever, your friend, your cousin, your aunt, your brother, your neighbor is interested in the gospel. Can we just get excited about that? Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think we're definitely, you know, and I, and I do think social media has played a part in that. I, I think that, that we can be increasingly hostile towards that and even just, you know, have that self-righteous spirit, which is just... That's the, to me, that's the most concerning thing in the New Testament is, is thinking that, you know, you're this way, but truly, you know, there's all these things within you that is just backwards of the gospel. Backwards. <laughs> yeah, backwards. Well, I, lo- I love how much we've talked about challenges today on the podcast and typically how we end. Uh, this podcast is we give a physical and a spiritual challenge. So uh, I want to ask you to
1: give a spiritual and a physical challenge for us to go out and do during the week. Okay, so I, I saw that this is what you do. And I love that you invite challenges. So I've got I've got two challenges, but I've got... In my spiritual, I've got two challenges with, with within the challenge. Love it. So my first one in the spiritual is I want to challenge you to read the bible every day for 30 days okay don't miss a day 30 days also in the spiritual challenge is to get planted in the house of god because i think to the degree that you're planted is the degree that you'll grow That's good. because the bible teaches us those that are planted in the house of the lord will flourish yeah it's hard to flourish until you get planted. That's good. So that's so that's my spiritual challenge. Physical challenge. When I when I when I saw the the, the opportunity to do this, I thought immediately of twelve thousand steps. Okay. Because you and I talked about ten thousand earlier. Yeah. But I saw someone say the other day in L.A. that they they walk twelve thousand steps, and I go, I thought we were supposed to do ten was hard, but twelve <laughs> that's pretty good. There you go. So. 12,000 steps.
0: Okay, there you go. And just uh, So well, question with the steps. How do you, do you, how, do you, how do you track the steps if you don't have some kind of like you know, smart, yeah, smart that, watch or smart something? Yeah, without, I feel like you can just individually that. count all your steps. Just, just, just carry around a notepad all day.
1: <laughs> I'm at 500, gotta 501, have,
0: 502. 503.
1: You got to have the, uh, the Apple Watch or something like that to, to count, of course. Well, there you go. Well, if you
0: don't have a smartwatch, uh, just walk until you, get, uh, until you feel like you've maybe reached close to 12,000 steps. That's all I can say for you. Well, Chad, man, thank you so much. This has been uh, just such a delight just getting to talk to you. And um, yeah, it gets super real. I mean, I feel like that's something that we don't do often enough is uh, truly talk about things that are actually... I mean, I feel like we do talk about super deep things, but like going there... I feel like that's how you're actually gonna grow is if you really talk about core issues that, that we feel like are going on. So thank you so much for going there with me today. This was a, an awesome
1: conversation. Man, really appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much for what you're doing.
0: Thank you, man.